It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Looking at the current state of Auburn's roster, should we be expecting more at this point from the transfer portal? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me today, the man who built the house he was born in, Daryl Daprich, hanging out with us. Daryl, we all agree. We all agree that the Auburn football roster, the current state of it, is not where it needs to be to compete for an SEC championship. We feel good about a few positions, corner, running back. After that, it kind of gets a little iffy, right? And so the feeling was, and I still hold true to this, that a lot needs to happen this portal period. And as more information about the portal comes out, you know, maybe it's not as urgent and dire as far as, you know, the timing of all of this, but still... Things need to happen, Daryl, and not a whole lot has so far with Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff. Wow, you're absolutely right. I think the buzzwords for me from what you just said is tempering expectations on two fronts. Number one, I understand that in 2013, it was an aberration. We got spoiled. We went from the worst team in the SEC to playing in the national championship game. We need to, we need to temper expectations and be realistic about what we want to see from this Auburn football team in 2023. Do, do you want to take it from a five-win team to an eight-win team and playing a decent bowl game? Is that realistic? But when you say things like competing for an SEC championship, listen, I have a high bar. I'm an impatient person, but I'm not even expecting that in 2023. And I'm not saying we should settle or lower the bar as fans. I'm saying have a year in there to build something, and then by 2024 with another recruiting class that comes in, you should be in a position to compete for SEC championships by then. I'm just looking for maybe a three or four win improvement. That can happen. It's very doable. Now, also tempering expectations on the transfer portal. We live in a microwave society. We want it quick. We want it now. People need to understand and pump the brakes getting in the portal and deciding where you're going to go after you get in the portal are two completely different things. If I don't hear anything until May, I'm not going to panic because you got to jump in the portal by April 30th, but you can take a month to decide where you want to go, let all these schools battle over you with NIL. It's a bidding war and then choose your school. I think we get this unrealistic or this false narrative that Get in the portal and then get out of the portal. And it has to happen within the same week. It doesn't. You're going to take your time to find the right fit. Because of that, Auburn's okay right now. And I I think we think that, and I'm speaking solely on on personal experience here. I think we kind of saw that coming, the the quickness as far as jumping in and then having to jump out at your new location because that's what we saw the first time there was a transfer window this past fall, but the timing with school and stuff is different. So yes. you said you said two things that I want to I want to push on just mm-hmm. for a second, not because I disagree, just because I want to know your thoughts. So you said a three game improvement mm-hmm. could be possible. So mm-hmm. we're looking at eight or nine wins mm-hmm. potentially. 
potentially right. in 2023. Is that possible with the current state of the roster? I think getting to eight is. And I say that yeah. because you can go four and four in the conference and then win your four out-of-conference games, including at Cal. Who yeah, I've beat Cal on the road. Yeah, yeah beat Cal on the road. But beating Cal on the road is not beating Penn State on the road. I'm just being honest, having looked at their personnel, watched their games at Pac-12 after dark, all that. So you can be four and four, Zach, middle of the pack in the SEC, literally, and still have eight wins. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think, yes, it is. And I think with an RPO system uh, getting implemented, it, you get the right quarterback in. Uh, defensively, you're going to have – here's why I think it is. I think any team that's offensive line is improved as much as Auburn's and can run the football potentially, sure. potentially as well as Auburn can with that running back room, if you just don't wet the bed on defense, yes, you can control the clock, you can control the possessions, you can run the ball for 250 to 270 yards down people's throat and move the ball and get to eight wins with the schedule and getting – now, you're going to have to – in my opinion, you're going to have to win all of your out-of-conference games. You're going to have to go 4-0 in those, split in the SEC, and I think that – I'm not. I don't think that's pie in the sky. I really don't. The other thing you said that I want to push on, you said it's a bidding war now, and mm -hmm. I think there's a few different ways people look at it. I think some people agree with you. I think the other side of it would say, you know, there's still some kind of true, you know, nature of college athletics that they want to go where they could fit. And I'm sure there's some mix of that, right, where maybe you want to capitalize the way you can make, but also, you know, put yourself in the best situation, make it to the NFL. Like I'm sure there are all three of those things are in play. Where do you think Auburn's footing is? If it truly is just a pure bidding war, what is your confidence in Auburn's situation with the boosters and with the NIL collective on the victory and some of these other groups that have kind of popped up? Where do you see Auburn's footing with that? My opinion is if it's solely a bidding war, which I think it's not, I think you make a great point that it's not 100% that, but I would say if it comes down to that, that's the one of the, the largest majority deciding factors. I think Auburn's right there in the middle of the pack. I think they're going to lose some that they want, and they're going to win some that they want if it's solely a bidding war. I think Auburn's not where it needs to be as a collective to, to outbid Georgia, Texas A&M, Alabama at this point. Yeah, because well, I mean, Daryl, yeah, I look yeah. at, I look at some of these guys like Emmanuel Pregnon. We've talked about him throughout this show. The the right guard from Wyoming. I think he's really really talented, and mm -hmm. I think he's going to be in the NFL one day. And I think Auburn can pitch that to him. I think Hugh Freeze can go to him and say, "I've put offensive linemen in the league." Now most teams in the SEC can also do the same thing. But I think this combination. And I don't know Emmanuel Pregnon. I don't know what he values or anything like that. But certainly he values, you know, playing in a place bigger than Wyoming, which is cool. He's better than Wyoming. Let's just be honest. And so I, I do wonder, like, is he just going to go to the biggest bidder or is he going to go where he can go to the NFL and play right away in the SEC? I don't know. Because Auburn's in a unique situation where they've got coaches that have put guys into the league at multiple levels. But also, you're probably going to start right away. And so I, I think also when you mix in NIL with that, I think Auburn's going to be able to offer a little bit different of a package of kind of things that are appealing for some of these players like Emmanuel Pregnon or Anthony Campbell's that edge slash defensive end from ULM that I think would be a good fit just because of the versatility. That's kind of what Auburn needs right now. But, you know, it's going to vary from kid to kid, right? I think that Auburn has a couple of strikes against it, to be perfectly honest with you in that scenario. Number one, uh, like I just talked about, if, if they finish – 
you know, behind a Tennessee, Georgia, A&M, Alabama in an NL, NIL kind of situation, you're going to have to be at least be in the ballpark within a certain dollar figure. Then it's going to have to default down to putting guys in the league. And I know you talk about putting guys in the league, but how many offensive linemen really in the last five years has Auburn got drafted? Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, I mean Braden Smith, Driscoll. Yeah, since 17 is Florida. Yeah, since 17. So, you know, it, it's a recency bias type Actually, of scenario. Daryl, Daryl, Prince Tega has a Super Bowl ring. Let's You're just, right, he let's does. Let's give respect does. where yeah. uh, respect is given. My bad. Sorry, Prince. But then it's going to default down to, okay, playing time. Yeah. Well, Auburn has an opportunity at guard for, for you know, plug-and-play right now. I think the tackle positions are set. I think the center is set. I think you're pretty much set there except for maybe one guard position. Where it's going to have to overcome those three factors is the Hugh Freeze factor. All we've heard about how he engages, how he is, is so uh, chemistry with players that come in, how they love him, how he makes that sales pitch, how they feel comfortable, he's going to have to be the X factor when the other three factors – are competitive with other schools, or you're losing out on things like putting offensive linemen in the NFL or NIL money. He's going to have to make up the gap. Yeah, but I, I think Q Freeze, you know, maybe Auburn hasn't done it, but as my 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 understanding of you know what's happened with free agency in the NFL this year is like Laramie Tunsil, I think, is the highest paid offensive lineman ever. I think. I think I saw that right. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's that's Hugh Freeze's dude. So. But that's the point. It's going to have right. to be a kid committing to Hugh Freeze, unfortunately, and not Auburn in that scenario. We but talk about all that time. Are you committing that's to the, the school? same thing right now. Yeah. Are you, talking to, are you committing to the school or are you committing to, to Reverend Hugh? And I think he's got such a powerful presence yeah. and, and you know charisma that that's what's going to happen. He's going to say, look, I know Auburn's had this track record, but look at my track record with tons of – I can get you there. That's going to have to be the overriding factor to make up for a couple of inadequacies that I see right now this early in the tenure. Right. All right, so we were wrong on several things about how this transfer window would play out. But still, I think now that we have more information about timelines and how things could go, what changes are coming to this Auburn roster? And also, in response to those changes, who's won the most? on this Auburn football roster. We touch on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Daryl, you'll be interested in this. Something exciting is happening and coming to Built.com tomorrow, April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement's real, and it's something that you don't want to miss. They are rolling out a new flavor. They do this all the time. This one apparently is extra special. It's going to be limited, so you need to head over to Built.com tomorrow. I have no clue what the new flavor is, Daryl, but... It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You eat built bars. You see them at the grocery store all the time now. I went to the grocery store earlier in the week. They were sold out because people know how good they are. But still, mark your calendars and be sure to, to head over to built.com tomorrow, Saturday, April 22nd. And when you place that order, use promo code LOCKEDON15, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Daryl, as far as things coming for the rest of this portal period, the most recent one that we've seen, we're having to record this a little bit earlier due to uh, some things we've got going on tonight. Powell Gordon is the most recent to enter the transfer portal. Uh, another linebacker. So Auburn's now lost three linebackers to the portal. Desmond Tisdall's another. And Cameron Brown is the third one. All three of those guys have entered the portal. Jeffrey Emba, of course, has entered the portal. Tavarsh Dawson has entered the portal. Those are all the official ones as of right now. And I thought I thought the departures would be more vast than they have been so far. I 100% agree. I don't mind admitting when I, you know, kind of misjudged or, or, or was, was a little bit off, off target. I would have thought at this point that there would have been eight to ten guys in the portal. Uh, from Auburn, and, and we're just not seeing that. So I miscalculated how many guys would have jumped. Maybe it's a domino effect that as more guys jump, more guys come in, and people are, are waiting to see what the roster looks like and what the roster is lacking or what is leaving from the roster before another guy from another school tries to come in. Mm-hmm. That's where the coaches have to, though, take that take the bull by the horns and say, don't pay, pay attention to our quarterback room or don't pay attention to the guard position or the linebacker position. We want you, regardless of who stays or leaves, because you can make an impact. But kids are kids, and I think sometimes the perception of guys are leaving a program, I can jump on board, as opposed to when the portal's really not has an impact yet for Auburn that much, it looks like there's a, a stable roster. And, yeah. and, and you know, really – Behind the scenes, we know that's not the case. There's some inner workings going on. Mm -hmm. I wrote about this at AuburnDaily.com earlier in the week, but was talking to a source close to the program, and and I asked them, like, hey, I expected more guys to be gone. I expected more guys to either be processed or leave on their own accord, and the source responded. You can read this at AuburnDaily.com. It's at the top of the website. The response was, only a matter of time, sadly. You know, here's the thing. I, I want to be cautiously optimistic when I say this. In the years that I've been in media or I've covered sports or I've been a fan, more often than not, the names you hear aren't the ones that end up coming, whether it's as a head coach or now in the transfer portal, you know, in, sure. in pro sports, in trades, that kind of thing, at trade deadlines. A lot of times it comes out of left field and you're like, that dude's name was never mentioned. It was never leaked. It was never speculated upon. That could be what's going on behind the scenes with some of these transfer portal kids coming into Auburn at at multiple positions. And that's by design. Sometimes the coaches don't want things to leak. They don't want it. They don't want you to know what their plan is and what they're doing. So just because we may not have heard or someone hasn't jumped yet, especially in the quarterback room, all the usual suspects that we have heard in the last two or three months, if none of those end up coming and somebody else comes out of left field, to me, that was probably the plan all along. And that's why I tell people to pump the brakes and relax. They may have their dude already, and you will be shocked when the name drops because you had no clue. We'll semi-see it coming, though, because they would, in theory, have to enter the portal first. Right, exactly. But, you know... <laughs> Look, they'd have to enter the portal, and then maybe a scenario like that happens where it's a quicker turnaround. But, yeah, or, or somebody enters the portal after this weekend, and you go, wow, I never anticipated that being somebody 
But do you think that's how it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be a, a maybe a, a solid name quarterback? Where it's like, why would they leave where they're at? Like, oh, he he's got something. Yeah, he's got something playing. Do you think it's going to play out like that? I do. I really do. So you 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 still you believe Auburn will is still efforting a quarterback? I do. I believe that they have their dude or they have their guy targeted, and they're waiting for either the guy. Well, I don't think there's anybody in the portal right now. That's the dude. I think the dude is yet to enter the portal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and the speculation, I mean, speculation's been wrong so far, but the speculation now is after the last wave of spring games this is weekend, that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is going to be popular as far as more players entering. And we'll see if that happens. One, we'll see if it happens across college football, but we'll also we'll see if it happens um, here at Auburn. Right? I mean, I think that's kind of the next step. I do. I 100% agree. I think that um, we all had our eyes focused on and our our antennas raised for last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I would say buckle up after this weekend. Could be fun. Could be a wild time. We'll, um, we will certainly see. Daryl, I think there are a few players that have benefited from how the transfer portal has played out from an Auburn perspective so far. Let's touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. I encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. You can ask me a question. Any of the hosts that come on this show on a regular basis, Daryl's in there. You can tag him. Um, would love to interact with all of you there. So who has won the portal period so far from an Auburn perspective? And I think you can say any linebacker because I'm sure some of those were by choice, and I'm sure some of those were also kind of like, okay, you know, there's just no no way I'm going to ever play here. So I think you could say any of the linebackers. But I think the winner for Auburn so far, and it's early, we've got time, we've already talked about this, but I think it's Messiah Nasilikite, the, the transfer from Maryland, who has played a lot of three technique and a lot of defensive end, with Jeffrey Emba leaving. I think Jeffrey was probably unhappy with playing time. And I think some of that had to do with the alignment, those interior that forced Marcus Harris to play defensive end. But also, you know, just talking with Jason, uh, Jason Jones, who's, you know, a friend of this program, he's really impressed with what Mosiah has done so far. They call him Mo, what Mo has done. And he told me, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but like they see Mo as a starter because he's going to play so much at the three technique and a defensive end, and I don't think he has to worry about Jeffrey Embaugh taking any of those snaps anymore. So I, I think Moe's a winner here. I agree, and I, I want to go ahead and correct. I had been calling him by the wrong name on your show the previous time. It's Kite. I called him Kite, so I'm, I want to go ahead and get that pronunciation correct. I think he's a guy that could be like a Marcus Bragg, but even better, that mm-hmm. benefits from Emba moving on, and I, I like him a lot. I, I, he's got stats. He's got experience. He played in the Big 12. And so you're absolutely right. That's one. And then Zacchaeus Walker, too. I think I think he may go up the chart a little bit. That's a good point. And, and get some, some of those reps. Like everybody slots up 
one slot, right? I mean, as far as snaps, reps, that kind of thing. So you figure Kite yep. is going to take all of Emba's, you know, snaps. Well, then who's going to take Kite's snaps? Well, that's Walker could move up in that scenario. So I like that a lot. Um, I think maybe a couple of guys that we anticipated may have jumped in the portal that were defensive tackles now don't because of Emba leaving. They feel like from a depth chart standpoint, they can get some reps. Uh, you know, I like the linebacker, but I would add this caveat. I can't name a particular player because the room's too numerous, but I think the wide receiver room is a winner with Dawson leaving because everybody else slots up one, two. There's only so many balls that can be thrown to you. Now guys like Jay Fair and Omari Kelly may get on the field more. Eh, that's a good point. L let me throw out another name that I haven't mentioned since signing day, probably. But Kentrail Jamison Travis, who was a, a JUCO guy, he was a late addition to this class that Hugh Freeze and the staff seemed interested in, specifically Coach Jeremy Garrett, who, who coaches the defensive line. But JUCO dude's already got some experience. I'm not expecting a whole lot from him this year, but you know maybe it allows him to get more reps in practice. I don't know. I'm reaching a tad here, Daryl, just because this is a name that we haven't mentioned before. And JUCO guys always have a little bit of a chance to make a pop early, just because of the nature of you know their bodies being a little bit more developed than, than incoming freshmen. But that's another one. Jamison Travis, I, I just kind of wanted to put him out there. He's got good size. He's 6'4", 280, which is kind of that position where you could see him playing defensive end and maybe in a they want to go lighter and quicker in a pass rush situation, maybe you scoot him inside. It's a similar build. You know, and the, the people forget and have kind of downplayed and disregarded kids that are coming from JUCO, but that used to be the transfer portal for, yeah. for uh, college football programs. That was your route to play quickly uh, if you weren't coming out of high school. You you had a more opportunity as a JUCO player to start than you did as a high school player coming in. And remember, Jeffrey Imba was a JUCO guy. So I think that, you know, I, I, I like that pick. And I think when he was signed, I think that he came with some fanfare and some expectation to get on the field this year. Yeah. Depth is a big thing in the SEC. We didn't think Marcus Bragg was going to play as many reps as he did last year, and he had two out of necessity, and he shined. So mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And, I mean, those are the only position groups that have been really impacted so far. I guess, could we say somebody that maybe lost is, like, you know, the fact that all the running backs stayed, does that hurt a Jeremiah Cobb as far as, you know, an instant impact true freshman? You don't think so? No, I, 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 with a guy like that, you can't hide under a bushel, that light, that talent. I mean, he's going to play. Now, he may, obviously, realistically, he could have went to a school that had one running back ahead of him and could have got a lot more carries, and he's going to have Hunter and uh, Batty and, and uh, you know, some of those guys. But Damari Austin. Yeah. Damari Austin. But I think that those two dudes, are we saying Batty now or Batty? I, I want to make sure I've heard that. I think it's Batty. Batty, there you go. Batty and Austin, I think, are more situational. I really look for Cobb and Hunter to be the guys that split or, or have the lion's share of the carries that are just regular down. We're running the ball at you. Give it to our running back carries. I, I really believe that. And then I think there's a package for Jackson on goal lines and short yardage uh, that, that can utilize Sean Jackson as well. But you're right, the running back room, I mean, you talk about guys that are committed and love Auburn as full yeah. as that room is. And you see the writing on the wall and you got a stud coming in. Um, I really respect those guys. I think they're, they're Auburn dudes and they're going to help, you know, get, get some W's. 
I'm with you. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on, my friend? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, DAP6410. Uh, as, as Zach mentioned, I'm in the Discord, the Locked on Auburn Discord. Love to interact there on uh, Thursdays, every other Thursday at 530 on the, with the folks WNSP Automobile, the final drive. Ben Taylor on Monday mornings at 710 and the Max Roundtable on Wednesdays. Uh, that's kind of my schedule as it sets up now. Sure. You can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Read all of my written work at auburndaily.com. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. We will be back on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.